Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I am Mike Cadlick, joined as always by 98.5 The Sports Hub's Alex Barth. Uh, We're going to open up the podcast to you all tonight, uh, let you guys set the agenda, let you guys ask questions. So pop as many as you want uh, into the chat and we will get to them. Um, We do want to start with two Patriots topics. The first one being Karen Garigian's report uh, from Karen from the Herald, who is killing it after last week's uh, expose, if you will, with her and Callahan. Now she is uh, breaking some more news and it is regarding Gerard Mayo. She said that she's hearing from a source that, quote, we should pump the brakes on him having a new title going forward, a pay raise for sure, and his overall role could change, but there might not be a different title. I find that interesting for a ton of reasons, Alex, but I want to get your thoughts on it first. Yeah, you know, it tells me that Steve isn't going anywhere, right? You yeah. know, nothing's going to change with Steve. We kind of wondered when we heard if, if would you know, Gerard Mayo getting a bigger role. Well, Steve's been the guy that's been right there with him, right? You know, you can't make one the DC without taking away from the other. Right. Uh, the, the big takeaway for me is the assistant head coach, the associate head coach title that, that we were all talking about isn't in the cards. To me, they just gave him a big pay bump to keep him here. Yeah. Like, hey, we're not going to make you the DC, but we'll pay you like a DC. And maybe there's some, you know, wink, wink agreement behind the scenes about head coach, but I, I don't think we're going to see, you know, anything less from Steve or any of these other coaches like that or Bill O'Brien. Right. Um, I don't think we're going to see anything less from those guys. Gerard Mayo, it sounds like it's just going to be, uh, you know, maybe maybe he takes on a little more responsibility, but nothing. There's not going to be a major shakeup, at least not immediately coming from this. Yeah, it it makes me think, like you said, about the um, the head, the head coach in waiting, because what else is going to you know lure him to stay? He had head coaching opportunities out there. And he declined them. So, I mean, of course we know money talks and maybe being around here, the New England area talks. He's been around here. He's been here since he was drafted in, what was it, 2009, something like that. So he's been here for a long time. Um, But, yeah, it also, like you said, it tells me that Steve's going to stay. Maybe they didn't want to ruffle any feathers uh, within the Belichick coaching coaching family, if you will. Um, But, yeah, so Mayo's – He's not going to have a different title. He's going to get a raise and his role could change. But, you know, again, the title staying the same. So interesting development. I thought, like you said, many people thought defensive coordinator. Maybe they do name him and 
Steve co-defensive coordinators, or maybe I don't know. But that, but that's that that's, would be a that, title change. That's which a title change. Reporting right isn't going to happen. Yeah, so it's weird. It's it's I don't know. I think we all expected more, but it sounds like I mean again we go back to that that press release that said long term. So he's still going to be here long term, even if there's no title change this season. Right. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is the Brady retirement slash Kraft's uh, comments to CNN today because. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of speculation about a one-day contract, a retirement ceremony at Gillette. Um, do you expect that to happen? Uh, I kind of am in the boat where I, don't, I, I can't decide whether Brady wants to cut ties. Not cut ties because he's going to return. But, you know, a lot happened towards the end of, uh, you know, his tenure here. Obviously, there was some the gripes with Bell and Robert. And it seems like it's all water under the bridge now. but. It also feels more like a PR stunt, frankly, if they bring him back. And I don't know if Brady wants to give them that, give them that opportunity after they didn't pay him when they when they really should have. All these one day contracts are PR stunts. Sometimes yeah. it's for the player, sometimes it's for the team. It's yeah, like it's fair. not not a PR stunt. I, he did comment go Pats on that Instagram yeah. post today. <laughs> so look, he's it looks really bad for him if he doesn't come back here in some way, shape, or form. They're going to retire right. his number. They're going to put him in the Patriots Hall of Fame. Sign a piece of paper the day you come by. And, like, maybe they do it all at once. Maybe he says, I'll do it, but it's going to be one event, and that's that. But for him to never come back, never acknowledge them acknowledging him, he can't send a message on the video board when they right. retire his number, <laughs> right? He has to be here. So it's that's a tough – there's going to be something. I don't know that it's exactly the one day contract, like neat and tidy, like people want it to be, but there's, there's going to be some sort of something. Well, it's funny. You mentioned like, you know, the, the neat and tidy, the contract, right? I, I heard yeah. someone say something earlier. I forgot. It was on the radio. I don't know where or when, but they, someone was like, well, there's a loophole because if Brady signs a contract, then Tampa's on the hook for it. And Tampa would have, but it's, and people, people think that it's a legitimate contract. No, 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 like no, 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 It's literally no, no. just a ceremony. Like he's not, yeah. like if you go to his Wikipedia bio after the one day contract, it's not going to say Patriots, Bucks, Patriots. As he's much still, as I want it to. Exactly. He's, but he's still like by, by rule and by, you know, the, the retirement papers, he's going to retire as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. All Look, it is. And retire is a, as a free agent. Technically. Okay, that's fair. You're right. That, that's it. Right. Okay. But, so he would. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. It's. It, there's no. I. I couldn't believe it when I heard that on Belgrade Massey because I never was, heard okay. this with anybody else. There is no salary cap implication to this. Right. This is a ceremonial. The contract doesn't mean anything. It's not a real contract. It's like a certificate. Yeah. It's. It's metaphor. Not metaphorical. It's. It's just. To, it's for show. It's yeah. all for show. That's it's what to it get is. a it's to get a photo op of him signing a piece of paper. Now, him signing a one year contract to truly oh, finish boy. out his career with the Patriots. Last not be opposed to, but that's not going to happen. No. Well, um, um. All right, you want to get into some of these questions? Yeah, let's do it. You got anything good? Yeah, let's let's do these three here real quick because I've seen these or two of these I've seen a lot the last couple of days. When are the Patriots going to have their coaching staff finalized? They will probably have it finalized within the next week or two. I would say by the end of the month at the latest, by the time you, you get to the serious free agency, the combine, you want to have your staff finalized. Yep. That doesn't mean we're going to know. We will hear, we should hear 
about them hiring an offensive line coach. If we don't hear, that means it's probably Billy Yates. Yeah. Um, but they don't have to announce the, or they don't have to announce staff ever. Technically, they usually don't announce it until like the day or two before training camp when they do that kind of big media blitz, and mm-hmm. we get the the like team. It's called the team yearbook. It's not like a high school yearbook you get at the end of the year. Right. It's the media guide you get at the beginning of the year, and that has all the coaching positions listed. So we may find out about an offensive line coach here. I think we will in the next couple of weeks. And then after that, even through OTAs, like we'll get a hint there, but we're not going to get real titles until July. Right. And that's just the way it's always been done. That's not them. I shouldn't say it's not them trying to hide anything. It's not them trying to hide anything any more than they usually do. That's generally how they operate. So what do you think about uh, Adrian Clem? Sounds like he's staying in Oregon. And I saw your tweet earlier about Dave. Uh, to, to Google the Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I am not advocating out. Yeah. that. Please can that not like that. Sh- if, if that happens, I will be the first person to rip it. You got to be careful it, with those words, Alex. I know, but <laughs> I'm just doing my job of connecting the dots. And he's a guy who's been here and right. they've interviewed a lot of people who have been here in one way or the other. It should not very much not be Dave DeGuglielmo. At that point, I'm borderline talking about, well, all right, what's Matt Patricia really doing? Right. Um, I, I would have liked Clem. I think that him having been a run game coordinator was really interesting. Oregon was the best play action team in college football last year. And a lot of that is on the run game coordinator. Yep. But I wonder if it, it's a step up for him going to the NFL. I don't think he would have gotten the run game coordinator title. He wasn't going to get that assistant head coach title. He is at Oregon. He's pretty well paid at Oregon. So it's not, you know, right. Might've been a significant pay cut. I never thought that one was happening. That was like, it would, I would have taken him. Right. I don't know how realistic that was. I think Ryan Wendell's probably the guy. Um, The other one is the guy who's, and I can't remember his name, Devlin, something Devlin, no relation to. Oh yeah. He's with the, uh, who's with the Ravens, but was Bill O'Brien's offensive line coach the whole time he was in Houston. So to me, it's going to be one of those two guys. And Billy Yates is probably in the mix as well. Um, But we won't know. We won't know until July. All right. right. Next question. Is Tank Dell a part of the Shrine Bowl? I don't know why so many people think he is. He's not. He's at the Senior Bowl. He's been right. killing it at the Senior Bowl. But if, like, I did my Shrine Bowl recap today, and there were a couple of people mad that I didn't mention Tank Dell. I would have loved to have mentioned He's him. He's in he Mobile. Probably, He's not in Vegas. Right. He would have been excellent in Vegas, but he wasn't there. So there's that one real quick. And then uh, somebody wants my thoughts on what Mike Francesa said about oh, Tom God. Brady on first take. I don't know what Mike Francesa said about Tom Brady on first take. I'm going to assume it was just incorrect. I'll find we'll it. Leave I it at that. It the other day. I don't care. No, I, I want you to know. I, 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 I want. I, I want. I purposely I want don't want. No, no, no. I purposely do not want to acknowledge it. You'll love. I it. will say this on Mike Francesa. If you want a like really good deep belly laugh for like five minutes, look up on YouTube Mike Francesa Giants picnic and Mike Francesa triple crown. Two of the funniest moments. The, in the triple history. crown is hilarious. Yeah. Yep. Have you seen the, the picnic one? No. Somebody calls in and asks him if when the New York Giants and the San Francisco Giants are in the same city, it's uh, it, it, do they ever get together and have a picnic? Or, or an event okay. and he like cannot Rips comprehend oh. He's like like he thinks the guy's asking if the San Francisco Giants originally played in New York, but like he just can't comprehend at all what's going on. So I would encourage people to look those up. I need to read to his quote. 
All right. If you asked, he he said on first take he was on there with it was himself, it was Mad Dog, and it was Stephen A. on first take. And the quote I picked up was, "If you ask me, you have one game to win. I'm picking Joe Montana." All right. Well, he's wrong. Then he's going to lose the game. He also said that Brady's not the greatest regular season quarterback Peyton Manning is, and that he's not the best Super Bowl quarterback Joe Montana is. Good TV, baby. It's yeah. stupid. It is. It's the the, the I, Super Bowl thing is an awful, awful argument. I, I could have simply four. not known that, Mike. I, I he went you to had four. To tell me it's stupid. Brady's been to ten. He uses seven seventy win percentage, whatever you want to call it. Okay, Montana's won four and went to four. But you'd rather be in ten than go to four. It's it's a stupid argument. It, he's more clutch. He's the better. He's the best player in the league history. It's there's there's nothing more to add. I, 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 he doesn't deserve a rebuttal. I'm not going to give him the uh, benefit of a rebuttal. Okay. Well, there you have it. Um, what do we got? What yeah, we, we got? can dip into this one here. Any senior okay. bowl players we like? Uh, so a bunch, yeah. a yep. bunch, obviously. A bunch. We'll do a senior bowl recap show on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But I like some guys that stand out to me, Dewan Jones, who had a great first day and then kind of shut it down and he had all the right to, he's going to be a first round pick. Yep. Tank Dell. We just sort of talked about. I'm a huge fan of what he's done. Jalen Reed from Michigan state has stood out to me. Not necessarily a guy I was expecting to pop a wide receiver, but he's been good. Yeah. Uh, the Michigan Julius, state kid, right? Yeah. 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 Julius Brents, the cornerback from Kansas state, six, three, two Oh two moves incredibly well for his size. Like exactly what they need. Definitely like a day two pick for them. I, I I love the idea of Brent's at the linebacker position, Henry To'o To'o, Demario Overshone, those athletic, smart middle linebackers that I think would be a great fit. Um, I think those were all the guys that were like real highlights for me. My and, and Max you. Duggan, of course. Shout out Max Duggan. Max Duggan. Uh, I like Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. I think he's long. I think he's quick. I think he could be a quality find on day two uh there's a lot of day two wide receivers recently uh in the nfl that do well i think xavier hutchins could be one of them uh cody Ma- mock from north dakota state he's another tackle guard hybrid which i know the team likes but i don't know if i like it for them uh but he's six six three oh three. he he was a tight end at north dakota state yeah you get there's a picture of it somewhere that espn had on one of their broadcasts but he was a tight end turned himself essentially into an offensive tackle he's now got long hair he's missing teeth He's a football guy through and through, and I think that speaks to positional versatility as well. He, he knows how to play tight end. Not that he would in the NFL, but he knows the game of football. Uh, did you have anything else on him? Yeah, I my read on it is NFL teams see him as a guard. Yeah. They don't it's think like, he what's his name? It's like Kirkland the at the Shrine Bowl. Jackson Kirkland. So, yeah. look, I, I if, if this was last year, I would be saying, oh, that's the guy. Like, I love him as a player. Guard yeah. on day two, what they should have done. Love him as a player. Right. Um, there are some Cole Strange comps there, but mm-hmm. unless they're going to unless they're gonna shack Mason, Mike Owen, when he won the last year of his contract, which they should not do. Right. Uh, he doesn't make a ton of sense for them. Like, I think he's a good player. Let, let him go somewhere else and succeed. They're not missing yeah. out on much if they take him in terms of what they could have. Like, because you talk about the range of the draft, would you rather him, who I think is a very good guard prospect, or again, Brent's the 6'3 corner? Right. So uh, I'm with you there. Uh, other guys for myself on defense, I had Brent's as well. Uh, Jamie Robinson from Florida State, he's a safety. He's physical. He, he like, he, that's how he wins is his physicality. Um, 
and he, he's got some blanket coverage on guys too. You can check out, uh, I did a film, quick film breakdown of him on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Julius Brents, I did the same thing. He, he's a baller. Um, he's gonna, he's just shooting up boards as well. Um, with his size and the way he blankets guys. Um, Andre Carter, the second, I don't know if he's really impressed necessarily, but he's a guy to watch just because he's of had the, a rough week. Yeah, but it's the armed forces connection with Belichick. He had 15 and a half sacks in his junior year. I didn't even realize yeah. that, that he was down second this year, in the nation. Yeah. Um, Someone to watch just in terms of watch the game, see how he performs because of the Belichick connection there. With, you know, he likes drafting sure. guys from the armed forces. All right, here's another guy that's in the senior bowl. Ivan Pace Jr. from Cincinnati. He's a linebacker. Mm-hmm. What do we think of him? He's not he's not a bad player, highly productive. He's been in two systems, so I like that. But this guy's been like like the the highly productive. Not quite the athletic, not quite the downhill, like hybrid middle linebacker. This guy, I feel like I've spent the last three years fixating on this guy, like this prototype. And there's never any, like they don't come close. We don't hear any reports about interest. They don't meet with these guys, nothing. So he'd be a fit. I just, I've been down this road enough that I just don't think he's the kind of player they're looking for right now. Yeah, I'm with you. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your awards. Again, that's CLNS50 to receive your awards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. I have another uh, one here, if you right. didn't already have one pulled up, um, because I saw it at the end of yesterday's show. We didn't get to it, and I told the chat that we would get to it. And it's Punter, and it's Michael Turk, who was at the Shrine Bowl. He talked to Belichick. You did his uh, his hang times as well. So thoughts on Michael Turk. Do you think that he's an option for the Pats? Or punters and kickers oh, yeah. in general? We'll go with the question. So I, I think there is a chance the Patriots draft both a punter and a kicker. Kicker either way, after Nick Folk kind of faded down down the stretch yeah. last year. Punter, they're not going to draft somebody, at least not high, like they'll bring in a UDFA. They're not going to draft somebody high if they can't get out of Bailey's contract, and we'll see what happens with the suspension and the yeah. appeal and all that. But in the meantime, we might as well watch these guys if there's a chance it does happen. Yeah, Michael Turk was was – very impressive at the Senior Bowl, I, I, at the Shrine Bowl. The ball just sounds different coming off his foot. I, I, I know I post the hang times, and people always ask me, like, oh, is he kicking the ball far? Yeah, he is. Um, the directional punting was excellent. Looked good right. as a holder for what that's worth. I, I got that's, a, that's a sneaky characteristic that you need to watch out for as a holder. Yeah. If your punter can't hold, like, that'll screw your whole operation up. Yeah. Um, I know that was the reservation with some punters last year who weren't holders. In college, teams were maybe worried about that. I it, talking to him, he seemed to really like have a really good relationship with Cam Accord and Joe Houston. So there's that, and and Cam seemed to like working with him. So he he's looked really good. I will say Bryce Barringer, the Michigan State punter, has looked really good at the Senior Bowl as well. So that's another guy. All right, um, uh, I'll bring this one up real quick because he's asked it like three times. Please explain the Shrine Bowl. Uh, so it's this it's the same thing as the Senior Bowl. They get a bunch of top prospects together. Uh, they practice free against each other. The Shrine Bowl is four days of practices. The Senior Bowl is three. I don't 
know what the difference is. Um, and then they play a game a few days later. The Shrine Bowls tonight. Senior Bowl will be on Saturday. Today was the last day of practice. And the reason we can talk about the Shrine Bowl now, even though the game hasn't happened, is it's an all-star game. It's not, you know, you can learn stuff from it, but the real evaluation is done during practice from like a scouting 100%. point of view it, yep. in that controlled environment and things like that. So that that's kind of, that that's what these games are. They're all it's, it's college players. They're all draft eligible. It's not, you know, you don't have guys that are going back to the draft. It's guys who have declared for the draft. They are, they go, they meet and, and it's the best on the best, right? So you really get a chance to evaluate guys. So especially for smaller school guys, when we talk about a guy like tank Dell from Houston, yep. Right. Uh, my who's in the senior bowl, Miles Brooks from Louisiana Tech, who's in the Shrine Bowl, Cody Mouch from North Dakota State. You get to see uh, you get to see them against power five talent yep. and the power five talent. You get to see them, you know, regularly against some of these other guys. So it's just a, a really valuable to, tool. Both of them, the senior bowl and the Shrine Bowl, both really valuable tools when it comes to prospect evaluation. Yep. The senior bowl is the p- premier game. Uh, they get the best prospects. The Shrine Bowl is like the second tier, but that gap has started to close. Um, Absolutely. And, and, I feel like you know, you had a, talked about the Shrine Bowl so much more as of right. A, a first round pick, uh, Zay Flowers at the at the Shrine Bowl this year. And as for like the Patriots involvement, when we talk about that, the Patriots coaching staff. So what what and they actually flipped what the senior bowl used to do was they would get two full NFL coaching staffs. One staff would coach one team. The other staff would coach the other team. What the Shrine Bowl used to do was kind of find different, like you would have a defensive coordinator from the Patriots, an offensive coordinator from the Saints, a quarterback's coach from the Bengals, a linebacker's coach from the Jets. And and there might be college coaches in there too, even mixed in. And um, that's how they would do it. This year they switched. So this year, and I don't know the entire reasoning behind that but the shrine bowl had the full coaching staff so the falcons got the east team and the patriots got the west team which in my opinion was a huge win because i think top to bottom the west team had better prospects on the east team i really like some guys on the east team but you know if you're gonna watch tonight go west team that's I was going to say, uh, watch tonight, West Team, 830 NFL Network. Uh, you get to get your first look at Troy Brown as a head coach of a, uh, a football yeah. game. So he'll be out there, 830 on NFL Network. You can check out who the Patriots coached. Um, quickly, before we get to the next one, Alex, I do want to talk about HelloFresh. Super fast, if we can take that chat down real quick. HelloFresh, yeah. uh, that's not the right promo code. Use our promo code. HelloFresh.com slash CLNS65. Use code CLNS65. For 65% off, plus free shipping, HelloFresh is awesome. They have the best food. They make it super easy uh, to make your meal. Sometimes it's a pain to, you know, go through your own cupboard and go to the store and, you know, grab all these ingredients for different things. It takes forever and the food comes out crappy, but not with HelloFresh. HelloFresh gives you all of the ingredients and then it tells you how to make it. So go to HelloFresh.com slash CLNS65. Use that code CLNS65 for 65% off, plus free shipping. All right, I got a couple more draft ones here. Okay. Um, not Patriots related, but Ooh. how would I rank the top quarterbacks? Young Stroud. Uh, so that's that's um, uh, Bryce Young from Alabama. Yep. C.J. Stroud. I'm just trying to pull up my notes here. C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Uh, uh, Anthony Richardson, Anthony from, Florida. Richardson from Florida. And Will Levis from Kentucky. So I would go personally. 
and he's almost he almost has it right here. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, one and two. Uh-huh. Then there's a big drop. Those are actually the only two quarterbacks I have with a first round grade in this class. Okay. That doesn't mean that that the others aren't going to go first happen. round. Right. right. I I had no first round grades in last year's class. Yep. I actually so I'll say the third guy I have is Richardson. I Richardson, if he came out last year, to me would have been the top quarterback in that class. Doesn't mean he's a first round pick. He's got a lot of work to do. Honestly, I think the Giants are really the one team that I look at and think, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm actually going to go Hendon Hooker fourth. You love Hendon Hooker. <laughs> I do. And then Will Levis. I'm just with Levis, Levis has not impressed me. He's just, yeah, go ahead. Um, I looked at him going into, and, and going into last season, going into 2021, there was no hype around him. Yep. 6'3", 222. I looked at him as Taysom Hill. Okay. He doesn't throw the ball a lot. They they threw the ball less than 300 times this year. And their passing game isn't overly involved. Right. I think his draft stock is tied into the success of Brock Purdy. Let's just go get a big guy who's an athlete, who isn't terrible throwing the ball. And I'm all for that. People know I love that plan. Right. Like I'm a huge yeah. fan of that plan and the net neutral quarterback. And I think he can be that. But I'm not taking him fourth overall. No. no, I'll take him in the third round. So, Young, Stroud, Richardson, Hooker, Levis, then probably Jaron Hall, and then after that, it, th- those are my top 100 quarterbacks. Tanner McGee from Stanford. That's what I was going to say. I was maybe, gonna, I was going to say McKee over uh, Hall or Hall. But those are the what is it? One, two, three, four, five. Those are the six quarterbacks that I I, I think are for sure top. Like that I would consider top 100 picks. I would um, basically agree with your order, except I do have Levis over Hendon Hooker. Um, but yeah, Young and Stroud are one and two. Yeah. Um, Anthony Richardson, though, I do. I like he has a strong arm. He's an athlete. His ceiling the, the for me. The floor ceiling gap is like, yeah. it, it's wider than Dewan Jones' wingspan. Right. He don't ceiling, know Dewan Jones had the widest wingspan yeah. in the history of the senior bowl. Like, I give him a ceiling of like Josh Allen and a floor of like Jamarcus Russell, where like it's just, it's going to be epic or it's going to be awful. He's, he's either going to be a Hall of Famer or he'll be out of the league in three years. There's really right. no in between with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think Young is over Stroud as well. I love Bryce Young. I love watching yeah. Bryce Young. I think he's phenomenal. Uh, Richardson and then Levis and then Hooker. But yeah, that's my okay. top five. Uh, best and worst positions in this year's draft for me. Okay. Um, I think best positions, this is just the way I view it. I'm going to give you offense and defense. Best position offensive tackle by far. By far. Is this is page. Right. This is probably the best offensive tackle class I've covered in my time, like really doing the draft. Now, how many times have we done this? where it's a strong class at a position of need for the Patriots, and they just skip it entirely. Right. We did it wide receiver a couple of years ago. We did a linebacker a couple of years ago. The worst position is quarterback, but I, I will say, compared to expectations, me and Evan did like half a show on this last year. We had like three or four wide, recla- wide receiver classes in a row that were all so good that I brought up the question, what if this is just what it is now? Right. What if these aren't great wide receiver classes? What if this is the new normal and it's just something in the high school pipeline and the way these players are getting coached? We are back to earth. And I wouldn't even say that this wide receiver class is below those standards, 
even going to like the 10 year average, this wide receiver class is probably a little below that. There are some yeah. guys I like, but you know, it, it's that same thing. There's guys with high ceiling. It's the same with the quarterbacks or, or Richardson. There's guys with high ceilings and they also have low floors. I think the receivers, right? If, yeah. if you mix some of these guys into last year's class, right. And last year was obviously a great class. The top receiver in this class to me is Jordan Addison. I know people like Quentin Johnson. I think it's Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I, oh, okay. Well, it's, it's one of the two. I like Addison cause I like the speed, but like, if you want to tell me it's in Jigba, I, yeah, I won't okay. disagree with you, Okay, but either one of them still go to last year's class. I don't have either one of them ahead of Garrett Wilson. I don't have either one of them ahead of Jameson Williams. I don't have either one of them ahead of Chris Olave. I don't have either one of them ahead of Drake London. It falls yeah, off, right. right? It falls off. So that's not to say there aren't guys worth taking, but it's not that, oh, just trade up in the first and take a receiver. Like you'll be fine. They're all, they're studs until you get into the sixties. Right. No, not, not really. If you're trading, you know, last year, um, all right. So Christian Watson's a really good example was like considered a mid second round pick. They traded to the back end of the first round to get him, I think, or like early in the second. That made sense because the way that class was stacked, most years you're going to have to trade up much higher to get a guy like that. Uh, a wide receiver who's in a similar place on the board this year is Rasheed Rice. I'm not trading back into the back end of the first round for Rasheed Rice. No, he you hasn't. Even, he's been bad at the senior bowl too. Yeah. I, I give me, you know, give me Christian Watson over him all day. To me, they're not close. They're right. in comparable spots on the board in relative years, but it's, it's the way that the thing is skewed. So, and then on defense, best position corner. Absolutely love this cornerback class. It's a great class for corners. Uh, safety class is fine. It's fine. I, I, I think it's a pretty strong draft overall defensively. Yeah, but I I don't know the, the last couple of years I feel like we've had that one safety that's like you know that top five guy top five pick yeah yeah you know it was Kyle Hamilton last year the year before that uh, I I can't remember what but like I don't love this safety class it's fine it's fine but I don't love it yeah there's not a guy directly at the top uh, I want to do this one really quick all right uh, opinions on Jameer Gibbs from Alabama it's so interesting we talked about it here before. I had also tweeted about it um, with a little film on Gibbs because it's super intriguing that he just played with Bill O'Brien at Alabama. And Bill O'Brien found a lot of success with Jameer Gibbs in his offense. He's a great running back. He's a great pass catcher. People compare him to Alvin Kamara. That's the ceiling I have for him as a guy like Kamara. Um, You can check out all my draft rankings on my Twitter. It's pinned to my profile, uh, so you can check that out. But the reason I want to bring it up again is because his connection with Bill O'Brien And it's interesting because they already have Ramondre, who was such a great back last year, right? You have Ramondre, you potentially have Harris, who could sign team-friendly, which we talked about. But would you rather, and it's going to depend on where Gibbs goes to, because if his stock starts to rise, he could be a back-end first-round pick. And the Patriots should not and will not draft a running back in the first round. But if he falls, we talk about Christian Baumoring it. If he starts to fall in the second round for some reason, because frankly, running backs aren't that valuable in the NFL draft anymore. Maybe they jump up and get him because of what O'Brien did with him, and I really wouldn't hate that. If O'Brien's like, look, I can work with this guy and he can be a focal point of our offense and still use Ramondre Stevenson, I think that's a perfect and outstanding one-two punch at running back if they can make something like that work. Yeah, so he's the projected top running back on the board right now, which kind of surprises me. The thing about Ahead of backs, B. John Robinson? Yep. Wow, um, okay. I actually, for the modern game, he probably is better than Bijan. 
I, Bijan is a much better pure runner, but he's not going to give you as a receipt. It, it's yeah, I know. Leonard Fournette versus Alvin Kamara. He is a beast. I I, I like him. Yeah, some team's going to get really re, be really happy with that pick. Look at what Leonard Walker did for Seattle. Like I think he's a better player than Walker. Or sorry, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. Look at yeah. what Kenneth Walker did for Seattle. I think he's a better player than Kenneth Walker, but same kind of player. Yeah. I they shouldn't take him in the first round. No. I, it's going to be tempting. And I in what the first I love round about, you're saying it's going to be tempting? No, just in general. Oh, like, in he general. Falls okay. in the second in Barmore doing the Barmore thing. Yes. Yeah. If they were to do it, he has to play some slot receiver. Yeah. You have to sort of use him how the Jaguars use Travis Etienne. And he has to, has to, has to play week one. You yeah. can't do this Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris thing where we're going to redshirt. No, he has to play right away. I don't love it. I could see them doing it. The other thing about running backs is their stock generally doesn't go up from right. this point. Unless they run something absurd at the combine. And I don't think Gibbs is going to run at the combine. He doesn't need to. No, he doesn't. Their stock doesn't really go up. So we, we'll get into this more closer to the draft and we start doing some mock drafts. We'll discuss it. Mm-hmm. But I. It That's going to be a fun argument. <laughs> it would be an odd pick, but I could see them I doing it. I wouldn't do yeah. it, but I could see them. I texted Evan about this. He threatened to stop talking to me. He's so turned off by the idea. Um, let's let, let's do this one because I, I, I did this one the other week, but I, I want to bring it back if they. Sign a tackling free agency. Do we see Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame in the first round, another tackle in the second? Michael Mayer in the first round, to me, doesn't make sense. No. I think he's a very good player. I do. I, You know, his ceiling is like prime Greg Olson, but maybe a little bit more physical. But they, first of all, even if they sign a tackle in free agency, tackle's still their biggest need. I would still go tackle in the first round. Even yeah. if they sign one of the top tackles in free agency. And even even though it's a deep class, you still need to get – if you get the top guy in a deep class, great. Yeah, it's a deep class, but there's – the franchise guys are going in round one. They right, just exactly. Right. I also think the biggest issue for the Patriots – or one of the biggest issues for the Patriots schematically and personnel-wise, their entire offense takes place in between the hashes or in between the tackles or whatever. Like – there's not a ton to worry about on the boundary. How right. many times did teams just play one-on-one on the outside and then pack the box and dare the Patriots to do something on the perimeter? And they couldn't do it. Adding Michael Mayer as your like premier pass threat doesn't change that. And I know people want to comp him to Gronk and look at Gronk in the Bill O'Brien offense. Well, Gronk had experience lining up in the slot, lining up on the perimeter, and they used him that way. Michael Mayer lined up almost exclusively in line at Notre Dame. Even the slot, like he didn't do that a ton. He did it sometimes, but not a ton. So I look at that and, all right, you're going to draft this guy 14th just to play him out of, either play him in position, he doesn't help you the way a wide receiver would. Like at at that point, take a receiver. Or you're going to draft him to play him out of position, which we've been down that road. That's what they did with Nikhil Harry. So... I do think tight ends a need. I think there's a lot of good tight ends on day three. I know some people bring up Darnell Washington. Maybe if he falls a little bit at the end of day two, I think they need a more develop. Go get a developmental guy, Luke Schoonmaker, uh, Blake Whitehart. Uh, I love uh, Cade Stover from Ohio State too. Cade Stover would be another one. Um, uh, Luke Musgrave, yep. right from um, 
Oregon um, State. Oregon State has been tearing it up. These sort of guys. I want to get the name of the guy from Michigan State right. Daniel Barker. Go get one of those guys on day three. Let him redshirt for a year. Bring him in. Like that makes so much more sense. It's not to say Michael Mayer isn't a good player. He is. He's a really good player. But I he doesn't give them what they need. Like the the team that's drafting Michael Mayer to me is one of those teams that is already really good and has a high pick just because they traded up, right? Like Seattle. Seattle with that Denver pick, I forget exactly how high that is, but even if they trade back a little bit, like that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Right? Especially in a year where there's no quarterback. The other thing is if you're going to use a pick this high on a tight end, man, just wait till next year and go get Brock Bowers. He's better anyway. Right. If you really think you need that tight end, you don't need him immediately. Just, just, Wait till next year and and, and, and go get Brock Bowers. Yeah, right. I don't know how far he's falling for this. Somebody in the chat said the Bengals, if Mayer falls, they'd still probably have to trade up. I don't think he's falling that far. But no. yeah, like he'll something be a, like he'll that. be a top twenty pick. The Patriots don't have the kind of luxury to make that to make that pick. No. Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Where is it? It was about Cam Smith. I want to talk cornerbacks with you because if the here it is, right. and this is just Cam Smith is going to be really good. It's not really a question, but it it's a let's talk about cornerbacks. Cam Smith from South Carolina, I think he's very good. He's long. He's six four. They need that long boundary corner. Um, you also talk about Joey Porter Jr. Um, who else is that? Uh, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. So there's a lot of yeah. you know long boundary corners uh, at the top of the draft. Who would you want them to take at 14 if you could take anyone? I say Joey Porter Jr. You keep knocking it down. I don't know if it's because of his father. I don't know if you, yeah. if it's because he's not going to be there at 14. But that kid's a stud. I think he would be a dominant boundary corner. Cam Smith as well. He'll probably be there at 14. He's like more of that second tier to me um, behind some of those guys. But what do you think about Cam Smith in the corners in general? Yeah, first of all, Joey Porter, it's his dad. It's the fact he won't be there <laughs> and the fact they never draft guys from Penn State. Other than that, he really is a perfect Patriot. He is. <laughs> I, I like Cam Smith. I think people overdo it at times with the uh, position, with the school thing in the draft, like school position. Oh, like, you know, at, with Mac, we did the Alabama quarterback thing. Ah, you don't take a quarterback from Alabama. Or when we talk about Broderick Jones, oh, well, last time they took a tackle from Georgia, look at what happened, right? Right. This is one where South Carolina seems to just have a knack for finding not just good corners, but a certain kind of corner. Seth Gilmore, Gilmore. JC Horn, like going back, it's, it's that guy. Right. So I'm, I, I believe in Cam Smith. Like I've said this for a while. It should be tackle should absolutely be tackle at 14. The only argument I'm willing to hear against it, unless Will Anderson falls, of course, (laughs) is one of these elite, like big physical man corners, like, cause they need that guy. Now, I think there's some chances to get that guy later on. I really like Julius Brents from Kansas state. We talked about him earlier, but like, I wouldn't necessarily be so, I wouldn't come on here and say it was a mistake. If they drafted cam Smith, I just think, and I'm not saying, I don't think he's going to be a good player. It's not about collecting talent. It's about building a team. 
Yeah. And let me let me actually bring this in too, because I'm gonna get a bunch of people that yell at me for that comment and some of the stuff I said earlier about Michael Mayer. <laughs> oh, you don't draft for need, you just draft the best player available. Yeah. If you actually listen to Bill Belichick talk about that, it's kind of the same thing. You're not drafting the best right. player available doesn't always mean drafting the best player available because what does best really mean? Are we going off of like just overall like talent, like man rating? Because if we do that, after about eight picks, there's some kickers that deserve to go. Right. Jake Moody, just if we're talking about skill regardless of position, Jake Moody's a top 32 player in this draft, a kicker from And Michigan. Justin He's Tucker's a, a top 10 player in the NFL. Right. Well, now you're <laughs> saying, well, no, you don't draft a kicker in the first round. That's stupid. All right. So, well, you, you're telling me just draft the best player available and don't worry about it. Well, now you're putting qualifiers on best. Because right. a kicker might be the best player on the board at 14. Well, okay. Well, no, from a real position. All right. Well, then what's a real position? There were years where the Patriots, I think, are you getting a text? We're getting some robot feedback here. Oh, no. Sorry. All right. It's gone. Um, all right. So kicker's not a real position. Quarterback's a real position. You know, the Chiefs have passed on great quarterbacks as long as Mahomes <laughs> is there. The Patriots, when they had Brady, there were good quarterbacks on the board that they didn't take. Well, they didn't need them. All right, well, now you're putting another qualifier on it. Best player available is the best player available for the team. Right. And that is where need comes in. You don't solely – so the flip side of that is Cole Strange last year was purely drafting for need. Guard was the biggest hole on the depth chart regardless of positional value. The guard was the biggest question mark on that depth chart and they took a guard. So that's the other extreme of it. I'm not saying positional value is nothing to do with it, but you don't just, you don't just say, all right, who is the highest Madden rating? Let's take them. Right. Who does PFF have the highest ranked? Let's take them. It's not necessarily that simple. You're, you're going to, you're going to go off of what you need to some extent. And if you don't, you they're not a great GM. Just, yeah. Then you're just going <laughs> to draft kickers. Then you're right. just going to draft kickers or draft Cole Strange. So they should draft a kicker and a backup kicker. Uh, yeah. So you're not going to like this one, according to cornerbacks. Just don't draft Keely Ringo. He's overrated. Thoughts on Keely Ringo from Georgia? So the more I've looked at Keely Ringo, and I was really high on him coming in, like, yeah, you I, I've kind of leveled off a little bit. At his peak, he's the best corner of the dra- in the draft. Mm-hmm. What I see from him when he's playing his best is better than any of the other corners playing at their best in this class. He's just not as consistent as some of these other guys. And for the Patriots in particular, like they are going to look at consistency. They're going to put a, a very big weight on consistency. So I'm not out on him. I like him. Mm-hmm. I still think he should be the first corner off the board because of that. I think his ceiling is that high. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I thought he might be a top five guy when a month ago. I'm not necessarily as convinced of that anymore. Um, Fair. I still really like him, but he's definitely fallen down a little bit in my mind. Interesting. All right, quick shout out to our partners over at LinkedIn. Uh, go to linkedin.com slash beat and post your first job for free using LinkedIn's job boards. Uh, we use that here at CLNS Media and we can't recommend it enough. It helps you. Find the best qualified candidates available, and you can do it faster. Again, that's linkedin.com slash beat to post that job for free. LinkedIn.com slash beat. Make sure you use it. It's in the lower third here. LinkedIn.com slash beat. 
All right, let's see. This one, if you – or do you have one? Um, I'll pull it up. We talked about it last night, but I want your thoughts on it too, um, again, because I think it's prob- – it's, it would be a home run if they can make it work. With Bill working with Brenton Cox Jr., do you see them drafting him? Uh, I mean, it depends on where he goes and all that. I mean, it's – like they're not drafting him at 14, and they're not going to probably draft him maybe with their second pick. But – I like seeing them being so much more involved this year in the whole process in general. Like last year, Bill was barely at the senior bowl. They had other scouts at the shrine bowl, but I don't believe he was there. So like, it felt like he was really starting to take a more of a backseat. And now they're, they coach the entire shrine bowl. They then are now in mobile at the senior bowl with DeMarcus, uh, DeMarcus Covington coaching the defense. Like, they're active in these offseason, um, in the offseason draft uh, hoopla. The pre-draft process. Yeah, they're they're really starting to become more active in it uh, than they were in the past, and I love that. So I, I love that, and I like that they're like not just there facilitating. Bill is like literally teaching these guys hands on, and what he did with Brenton Cox was awesome. The way he was, I know he was kind of just staring at him, but the Michael Turk thing. He was. They were so active in that that feedback that came back from the players. It feels like they really care, and so I like seeing that from them. As far as Brenton Cox Jr. himself, great player out of Florida, some red flags, but I don't know how much of a need it is. I know Judon's here on the edge and all that, but Uche, you don't know, so I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I just wanted to use that as a chance to talk about them being more involved in it too. Well, look, Uche's in a contract here. Anthony Jennings in a contract here. Like They could get ahead of it. I, I would not yeah. rule out them using maybe not the first-round pick, but – a top 100 pick on an edge defender. I wouldn't rule that out on Brenton Cox specifically. Does bill working with him mean that they want to draft him? I think it means they are interested in drafting him. Sure. You know, the value of them, part of the value of them being in a game like this. So Brent Cox, for people who don't know, was dismissed from two programs. He was dismissed from Georgia after his freshman year, went to Florida, played a few years there, and then was dismissed this past fall towards the end of the season. We don't know exactly what for. He got in a fight in one game. That was part of it. Now, I will add, there is a difference between getting dismissed from a program and kicked out of school. He did not get kicked out of school. He graduated. Uh, or is I don't, I don't know if he graduated or is set to graduate this spring or whatever, but like he's still in good academic standing at the University of Florida. So last year, right? The Patriots went to this game and they met with Jack Jones and they got a chance to talk to him extensively. And you have to imagine they did, given his past, they did a feeling out process on what kind of person he was. Now he got suspended at the end of this year. So maybe they're, they shy away from that kind of thing, but right. They got, they had as good a chance as any team in the NFL will of getting to know Brenton Cox jr. The person what does he like? What does he like? What makes him tick? What did he think of getting dismissed? What was his side of the story? All of it. How does he like being coached? Yep. So they have the book on his personality more than anybody else. If that all checked out, I think there's a really good chance that they draft him if he's available. Sure. But there's also a chance that they did all the work and they spent all that time with him and decided, you know what? No, never mind. You know, he didn't check all the boxes they wanted him to check. So sure. We don't know what the nature of those conversations were, but they were clearly, they didn't just write him off and say, oh, nope, this kid got kicked out of school or dismissed from the team and we, we're not going to bother. No, they clearly made a point to learn about him. And that tells me that as a, as a football player, they like him. 
Yep. And they want to take him. They just have to figure out him as a person and they and, have a chance to do that this week. So he, they, he's he's on the radar hundred percent. I was gonna say, weren't they also involved in assigning the rosters a little bit as well? They had a little bit of input in terms of splitting up the players. Um I at least heard yes about that no. as far as the running backs as well. Go ahead. Yeah, I can tell you that report was probably overstated. Okay. Uh, the teams do can suggest like the teams certainly can um, get to look at the list of players and, and certainly like have their preferences. But I would say him who's to say the Falcons didn't also want to work with him. Right. We don't know. Right. And like I would, and I'm not, I'm not reporting this. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm going to guess both teams wanted to work with Zay flowers. Right. I'm going to guess they both <laughs> went to Eric Galco and said, no, if you give us a flower. So Brenton Cox to me is a guy that both teams probably would have requested. I, sure. I don't think that the Patriot, you know, I don't read too much into it. I read more into the fact that they worked with him as hands-on as they did than just the fact that he was on the West team, right? That yep. the fact they worked with him tells us more than the fact he's just on their roster would. Right. That's fair. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, okay. We only can get to a few more questions. We are in a bit of yeah. a time crunch, so we'll take a few more. I just want to answer this quick. Where can I watch the Shrine game? It's tonight at 830 on NFL Network. We mentioned it earlier, but for those of you who are in there now, 830 on NFL Network. Patriots are coaching the West team. You've got your your W hat on for the West team. Love yes. to see that. Go if West. If you can find betting lines, if you can find betting lines on it, bet on the West team. But don't don't do that because I don't think I'm supposed to say that you're bet on the West team if bet you want responsible. to. Uh, Yes, bet responsibly. Uh, I want to bring this up to uh, opinions on Trent Brown's comments on Mac Jones. Uh, he Trent was sort of bombarded by TMZ, uh, and they asked him about Mac Jones. He basically said, I love Mac Jones. They asked him about Mac Jones' non-believers, and he said, they don't really matter, and really nobody outside of this building matters, and essentially said it's all about us, and yada, yada, yada. Typical Patriots speak, but... They also asked him about a message to the fans, and he said, stick with us. I don't believe we'll be down too long. So there was some speculation when he had liked a tweet about Mac not being here anymore earlier in the year, something about Tom Brady coming back. But then we sort of – people dissected it even more, Alex, and we noticed that he likes just about any tweet that comes his way, same with Kendrick Bourne. So I like Mac's comments saying he's behind – or Trent's comments saying he's behind Mac Jones. Uh, but I, I wouldn't read into anything that would say he wasn't behind Mac Jones in the first place. Yeah. Again, with Trent, that was my first reaction. It's like, of course, Trent liked that. He likes everything that mentions yeah. the Patriots. Kendrick Bourne's the same way. Likes everything that mentions the Patriots. I'm surprised that Patriots don't tell them to stop. Right. But I, if it's a guy like never likes things and then does that, like Lamar Jackson had a tweet where like, he usually doesn't tweet certain stuff and I forget what it was, but he tweeted something. It was like, okay. Yeah. That's different. something. Right. Trent Brown liking an Instagram post is not new. He sees the flying Elvis and he double clicks. Uh, yes. Let's go to this one. Besides the lack of Patricia, any other coaching takeaways? I'm assuming from the Shrine Bowl is offensive coordinator Ross Douglas moving up in the ranks. 
Douglas has been moving up. This was another yeah, step he for him. Uh, he's clearly a high riser, a guy, somebody that they very much like down there. So I, that was interesting from a coaching standpoint, Bill O'Brien was great the first day and, and he wasn't around after that. And I don't believe he'll be at the game tonight, but he was great on the first day, but the real like star was Brian Belichick. He was mm-hmm. awesome. And, and he was really hands-on and really engaged. And I, I, I just thought he seemed to be having a really good time too. And he was the one working one-on-one with a lot of these prospects we've talked about. So I think Brian is, you know, as things move up here, Brian Belichick is a guy to watch. By the way, I did find here on, um, well, it's not bet online, so I won't say it, but it's another sports betting website. Okay. Uh, They do have Shrine Bowl odds. Okay. So the West is favored by one and a half, and the over-under is 23, uh, sorry, 43 and a half. I was going to say that's very low. Okay. One and a half. That's interesting. Um, in games like this, I'll tend to look at quarterbacks. If, if you're ever going to bet a Shrine Bowl or a Senior Bowl or a Pro yep. Bowl, I look at the quarterbacks. Uh, it's Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Tommy DeVito, and Chase Bryce versus Tanner Morgan. Who else was on the East team? Um, East team was Tanner Morgan and Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, okay, Aiden O'Connell. So I give the nod to the West as far as quarterbacks go. Um, skill positions, probably a wash, but I'm, I don't think Zay Flowers is playing. So like, I, he's not. Yeah. So I don't know. I like the West because I like rooting for the Patriots guys, especially at one and a half. It's basically a coin flip. Now the West is going to win by one. I'll tell you this being down there. Yeah. I, the defense won, won the week, both teams. Okay. Defense won the week. Under. I'm going to take the under 43 and a half. All I'll right. take the West team too. Cause go Pats. But, sure. uh, if I had to give you one, and this is don't don't bet your life savings on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of guessing. If I had to give you one from this game under 43 and a half. All right, I like it. Uh quick one last uh shout out to our people at Rocket Money. Uh go to rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat to save hundreds and to save hundreds and cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now. Rocket Money, what it'll do for you is grab all your uh, accounts, Netflix, Hulu. Uh, ESPN Plus, your bank, anything. They put them all in one place. You can cancel stuff if you want to. It's super easy. There's a big cancel button. They take care of the rest. Uh, it helps you save so much money. I've done it myself, and it's great. Go to rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat to save hundreds and cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now. Any final questions before we wrap this thing up, Alex? You see anything good that you want to touch on? Um, um, no, no, but I did find the, uh, the bet online odds for the Shrine Bowl. Okay, what do we got? Uh, West minus one instead of okay. one and a half. Okay. And over under 43. I'll, I'll still take the under. I'll still All take right. the under. West minus one, take the under. All right, cool. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. We always appreciate it. Uh, again, Shrine Bowl tonight, 830 NFL Network. The Senior Bowl is this weekend on Saturday. Check out both of those games. We'll be back on Tuesday to recap the Senior Bowl. Check out Alex on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth. Read his stuff at 985thesportshub.com. You can do the same for me on clnsmedia.com. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Catholic. We both have draft coverage basically all day, every day. So uh, that's a good place to see uh, where we find our info on all these guys. And we'll, we'll leave it there. So, again, we'll be back on Tuesday. So in the meantime, thank you guys for watching and we'll see you soon.